Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who says that I had to raise these results? Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gadidio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I'm your co-host, Dr. Gina Gaudio-Grace. I'm the co-founder of Divizio, the affiliate network for companies doing good. And I've got my co-host and executive producer, Andrea Adams-Miller, the founder of the Red Carpet Connection, with me today. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Gina. You know, it's so fun that we get to do this every week and hear such amazing things about amazing people. I really love what we have the privilege to do every week and it just excites me. What's going on in your neck of the world? Same old stuff. Working on Divisio, working with Lorenzo Hickey from Shapeshift World, who's getting ready to launch the Elevate Marketplace to help experts get bigger reach with the right people. Uh, his slogan I love, uh, something about the power of we is bigger than the power of me or something along those lines. I love that. It's pretty close to that. You, you've almost hit it on the head. I'm friends with Lorenzo. I've known him a long time. So I'm really glad that you have partnered with him as well because he's a super great guy. And uh, it's really uh, fun to work with people who, you know, care about other people who are doing great things in the world and all of that. And speaking about great people, we have another really great guest today, and that is Rashana Price. And she is known as the giver of awesomeness. She is fiercely focused on defining bullying behaviors to support growth and healing for everybody that she encounters from business to organizations to educational um, entities. Her systematic approach allows her clients to conduct deep exploration into the bullying situations and uncover hidden talents, increased confidence and SAFER, which is an acronym, behaviors to move forward. Her experiences as a coach, a speaker, and trainer allow her to work with leaders and uh, organizations such as Shaw University, General Mills, Rolls-Royce, Renaissance West Community Initiative, the World Overcomers Christian Church, Prince Chapel Church, Educational Pioneers, and uh, so many more things. I mean, she's just really been dynamic. It's been so fun. Ever since before I knew her, people were telling me that Roshana should be someone to watch as an up-and-coming awesome person. Well, gosh, no wonder she has awesome in her title. She also has a bachelor's and master's degree in industrial and systems engineering and a master's in educational leadership. And I am going to be sharing a little picture of her book here. Well, I say picture only, and I say this because some of you are listening 
audio only, and some of you can see us on Zoom. So this is her book, Be a Giver of Awesomeness. And of course, um, you know, every time I look at anything now on Zoom, it shows everything in mirror flip floppy. So you just have to make your eyes reverse. <laughs> Roshana, welcome, well, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so tell us, you know, how did it even come to pass that giver of awesomeness developed and came to be into your life? It really came when I was updating my LinkedIn profile and sitting at my computer, and I was like, okay, who am I supposed to be? What is the title I'm supposed to have? And I could have said, I want to be a coach and just put coach out there or put something fancy on it, but I was like, I, I really wanted to know, like, who am I supposed to be? So I sat there for a little bit, looked up, was like, okay, God, like, who, do you, who am I supposed to be? And all of these words from other people, you're amazing, you're awesome, you rock, you're such a giver, and then giver of awesomeness formed. And then there was a tiny voice that said, trademark it. And I said, oh, I don't even know how to do that. And so then I went on the mission to figure out how to trademark it, not knowing that it would turn into a book, a movement, and really embodying a spirit for not, my, not only myself, but for others that I serve. Well, I certainly, I love that. It's a great idea. You know, it's a great idea. It's a really great uh, synopsis of who you are. And the fact that you went ahead and made strides to do things that some people do. Some people have never trademarked anything in their lives, you know, made a decision. Gina, you've trademarked something, haven't you? I've trademarked, I've copyrighted, I've worked on patents. At one point, Andre, I actually wanted to go into intellectual property law. So, yes, I've done all that stuff. Yeah, I could so see you doing intellectual property law. That that so could work. And um, as far I as actually I actually wrote an article when I was on Notre Dame Law Review that dealt with the issue of computer software and whether it should be the subject of copyright law or patent law. And this was back in 1990 when the whole topic of intellectual property and computer anything was really in its infancy. Well, my conclusion was that it could be the subject of either, depending upon the situation. Over 12 U.S. Supreme Court cases have cited my article. To this day, it's considered good law. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, I've been uh, co-hosting this with Gina for so long, and yet I learn something new every week about uh, things of excellence that she does. You know, trademarking and intellectual property, all that stuff is so important. Um, I've uh, partnered with some people that we are working with innovation, and we work with people on trademark and helping them get patents uh, Mm -hmm. for their innovations and so forth. So it's something that comes up all the time because when you formulate and create something in your own system, it's really good to make sure that you're protecting yourself from other people taking your ideas and and, you know, doing something with them that um, you never had a chance because they pull them out from underneath you. So that's certainly amazing that that happened for you. You know, so giver of awesomeness. So once you had that idea of like, this is who I am and this is how I want to show up based on what other people said about you. I did. I was going to tease you. Well, I will tease you because you yes. said they also said you rock. So I'm really glad you said, didn't say give a rock. <laughs> 
Although you could incorporate rocks into things because everybody can get their hands on a rock and a little bit of paint or some magic markers and then create a whole little rock movement, you know, like you rock. And, you know, they were, people were doing that. They were painting rocks and leaving them places and people would find them and collect them. Mm. And I always loved that idea because, you know, rocks happen naturally in, in the world. And so creating some kind of opportunity and whatever it may be, you know, for you to be able to have people jump on board to say that they're going to stand solid because I like the idea of rock or solid solidarity or standing firm or you know on their own two feet and um, because you know really that's what I'm hearing you tell people is how to um, stand up to a bully not with confrontation but to stand up into their power so they're empowered against uh, the bully it's almost like I visualize you telling people to stand and it's like they've all of a sudden got this white light around them like as a barrier so that the people's words just like bounce off and whatever is done it doesn't for emotional level like it used to it's yeah Ooh, that's a good visual it's almost like that white light is a filter so when I think about being a giver of awesomeness and I'm when I'm working with clients who've had a bullying experience and they want to overcome it. However, what the bully has said or done still rings in their ears. I talk to them about actually using the bully's words because the words and the actions are a gift. They're saying something and doing something to you as the client. They're saying something and doing something and they chose you for a reason, which is different than the anti-bullying movement. It actually focuses on the person that has gotten bullied because they're actually doing something amazing. They have awesomeness, they have a gift, and they may not even see it that way. The bully may be telling them things like, oh, you think you're so good at this whole radio show thing. And then what you think is like, oh, like I'm not, you know, because you filter it. When really what they're saying is, you're really good at this radio thing. And the reason I'm talking to you about your radio thing is because you have a radio thing. It's kind of like the saying, and maybe you've heard it, don't rain on my parade. The truth is, is that when we put on the giver of awesomeness hat, mentality, cape, shield, the don't rain on my parade actually allows the person to go, I have a parade to be rained on. Yes, I do. Thank you so much. Oops, I pushed the wrong button. Um, uh, when uh, when we have a situation like that in the world where we want to, um, you know, protect against things, we do tend to hear whatever the negative is and go with it and follow along with it. And uh, even just hearing you say that right now, I'm, I'm giggling to myself because I have heard people say things like when I was starting to study psychology um, there were people in my world um, who would say things like, oh, now that you're just psychology, you're just going to analyze me or, or um, even recently I've had somebody say that, oh, thanks for the analysis, you know, uh, you know, and I took it as, you know, but, and then I did sidestep it because I'm kind of used to the fact that this person tends to use negative words like that. Um, but you're right. They're, they were frustrated because I pointed out some things to them that even in themselves they saw kind of followed along a negative dance 
glad I didn't have to be the one to point that out. <laughs> they figured that out on their own uh, just by mentioning some of the traits of, um, you know, gaslighting people or mm-hmm. avoiding situations. You know, they, they came up, it, they and themselves, by me giving them a, a constructive criticism, love back, uh, took it and pushed back in a negative bully way. Yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. And yeah. you did the thing that people do. So for those that are watching, you might have seen it. If you're listening, it's what I call the turtle effect, where kind of your shoulders kind of go up and you feel like your neck's going to decrease and you just kind of hide. I'm like hiding now. That's what happens. And it can be so subtle in the body movement. However, internally, we can be processing that. Or maybe you've processed it so long that you think, well, next time I just won't show up so big when actually you show up bigger the next time. That's what stepping into your awesomeness is all about, especially when you want to give it to the world around you. And the way to do that is to be bigger in your pursuit of the thing that someone is talking about you with, because the only reason they're talking about you is because you have something. Hmm. Very, very poignant. Um, You saying that reminds me, uh, this last weekend, I was in a dinner theater. Uh, Yes. There are still some little theater things coming out in the world. Um, We definitely had to do all the COVID thing. They had somebody come and spray and disinfect the rooms first. And then the people all came and sat with like-minded people, like with family or friends, you know, the Mm -hmm. people that they would be willing to be around. And they all wore masks, except for when they were eating and their food came all covered and sealed, you know, so they only ate and then put their mask back on. And then when we were acting in between the meals, um, we stayed more than six feet apart from them, and um, and then we acted amongst amongst each other, and we had agreed we're comfortable being in each other's space uh, for us um, actors. And but just in doing that and being active, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. I was all excited because I knew people people right away when I talked that we did theater are all worried about how we did COVID. <laughs> the acting. So I sorry, tangent is over there. And I was um, like, yay, I love yeah. theater. Oh, I know. It's so great. I mean, oh, it was so such a blessing to be able to do that. But the whole point of me bringing that up with the acting is our director, his name is Jim Toth, and he's directed and written lots of plays. And I was in a musical with him once, and I, I from day one, project and talk and sing as if I have an audience in front of me, because I really want to show up. I, I want to hone my craft. And I remember once we had no audience yet and we were singing like in a chorus part and somebody was complaining and kind of being bullyish uh, to me, telling me I'm singing too loud. I'm not blending with everybody else, but I knew that we needed to lift up our entire volume. Mm-hmm. And Jim heard them say that. And he said, no, no, Andrea, I don't want you to be quiet to match them. I want you all to rise to the level of Andrea. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, it was like for the first time ever, um, because I would always feel like I was, I, oh, in fact, I was told, you're too bright, you're too big, you're too much, mm-hmm. over and over again, you're too much, you're too much, you're too much. It was like the first time ever somebody acknowledged me that too much is exactly where you need to be. I'm performing, I need to be too much. <laughs> yes. yes. And yeah. how, what, what a great example of, if you're too much, then what would you do? How could you change the world if you were too much, if you were too loud, if you were too bold in your pursuit, if you were too boisterous and had personality, what could you do 
there's somebody waiting for someone to show up in that big way. Mm-hmm. And you can be the model to start that. And that's what Giver of Awesomeness is all about. Everyone has their thing. Other people sometimes tend to see it before we embody it. And that's how we bring it out. It's by actually taking the words that someone else has said that seem to be like darts, like that pierce us. It's because they're right. You do have something. And take that thing and shift it, pivot, is what I like to say. Just like turn just a little bit. You can have a whole different perspective. And you want to give your awesomeness to good people, good places, good ideas. That's how it expands. Okay, so now hearing you say that, so those of you in full full, uh, transparency here, uh, Rashawn is one of my publicity clients. And so, you know, we have a unique opportunity here where I'm hearing her say something of superb excellence. And I'm hearing what I initially do with clients is I have them tell me, this is, I call it digging for gold, where we pull the assets out. What do people say about you that, you know, that shine, you know, like who, who, what compliments do they give? What do they say about you? And it just dawned on me. I should also be asking now, what are people saying about you that you don't necessarily like? What are they saying? Because maybe all along what they're hearing as negative actually isn't. And so people, if they're saying that, how do we take from that? So given that, let's put you on the spot, Roshana. What were you told? Uh, Because you've already turned it into awesomeness in the past, but we haven't talked about that directly. What were the things that were negative initially said that we can actually now take the positive out of it? Oh, man. So for me personally, when I was in school, when I was young, and even as I've progressed throughout my career, when I was working in private sector, when I was working in public sector and public education, I would, my voice and how I talk, oh, you talk so proper. Oh, you talk like a white girl would come up. It would be a thing. Is that really your voice? Like, and are you really that happy? Really? Like I had a a board member one time say to me, how are you doing? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fantastic. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, really? Like, why can't you be fantastic? And so it's the understanding for me, I've always been a person and will always be a person that has a lot of energy. I get it from my mama. That's just how it is. And this is how I talk. This is how I've, I mean, I was raised to talk or this is just how it is. And yes, this is my voice and this is how I speak. Uh, It's a funny story, actually. So my husband's from the South and I'm actually from the North. I was born and raised in Rochester, New York. And so when we first got together, we had a whole conversation, and it still comes up today, 15 years later, where he says the the number 10, 10, T-E-N, so he says 10, and the color, he says 10, and then the metal, he says 10, 10, 10, and 10. And I'm like, it's 10, the color is tan, and the metal is tin, tin, tan, 10. Right, like they all they're different. And, and so we have these, there's things about my voice that were teased, which now are things that are unique. People remember. I've been in places where people are like, I've heard you speak. I'm like, it's memorable. And that's a good thing. <laughs> well, and that means you'd be really good at voiceovers. 
because she pronounced the words correctly. Um, I, I have done, I have been hired to do voiceovers and so forth. And I need to be um, very cautious because there are words that I do pronounce incorrectly. And so, um, it's, so it's just, it's a funny thing because like I, I often will tell people, well, my mom actually just the other day was making fun of me because I said drawl on the show. Yeah. Cause she's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Don't forget to tell me we're a brawl too. Uh, because I add the L's on the ends of whatever I'm saying um, when it ends in a W. So there you go. And it's just funny. It's just, um, and I do have a little bit of a speech impediment. And so um, sometimes people will catch me and I usually, what is one of the reasons I barrel so fast, I think in talking, because if I go really fast, maybe people won't notice that I'm <laughs> on my words, you know, they'll just automatically assume what I said and move on. Yeah. And so it's, funny now because you know and, and it's ironic because you know I get paid to speak and uh, nobody's ever asked for a refund because I slur or I sh get stuck on a word or what and it's usually s's and s's and so forth like that and uh it's just kind of funny and sick because I know that I do it and I do try to band-aid it I do or if some if it's pointed out to me I laugh at it too because I know I did it and <laughs> cover it up <laughs> And it's part of who we are. Absolutely. It's a part of who we are. It's what makes us unique and different. For me, elementary, I still say elementary. Some people say elementary. It's the, I say bed and red. Some people are like bay and red, or it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If we're communicating, especially at a heart level, that's what matters. That's the difference. And ultimately, our words, whether we're saying them or we're expressing them, through our body language, that's what transforms people's lives. That's what people remember. And, and that's why communication is so powerful. Well, you know, one of the things too that you brought up that, um, and I've been so pleased that your uh, um, openness to talk about this is um, because you were bullied for sounding too white, mm -hmm. which to me um, is, is so hurtful to the black community as well as if People who are black can't speak eloquently and have good, you know, and part of it is where you grow up. Our mm -hmm. dialect from where you grow up is where you grow up. So you grew up in a different city and there's people of color all over the world. My friends, I, and I had some students that were, um, uh, spoke, um, that were from um, Africa and from France, who their diction for English and the words that they use. I'm like, no, they, they way surpass anything for eloquent. I mean, right. blew me away on how well they were, um, their verbiage, I guess, their verbiage, mm -hmm. however you want to pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how did, you know, how does that feel like growing up and now as an adult, you know, that is a form of bullying that still exists. Oh yeah, it definitely still exists. And I tend to say thank you. So when I've had people of color and non-people of color say things like, oh, you speak so great, or oh my gosh, you enunciate so well, or I can't believe you sound like a Roshana, or I'm so glad you didn't sound like a Roshana, right? Like all their stuff, I say thank you. I practice the gratitude no matter what, because ultimately for me, it goes back to they heard me. They heard me in some way, shape or form, and that's memorable. And they thought enough to say something, even if what they said was like a backhanded compliment, or maybe it showed their limiting thinking or beliefs around what they were expecting. 
they still heard me and that's okay. And I can rest in that. And I remember a time in my life when I stuttered when I was younger and I wanted to be heard and yet the words would not come out. Yeah, stuttering, um, I had a real great understanding of. I had a student and he stuttered quite, quite a bit. And he didn't want to get the tool for his ear to stop the stuttering mm -hmm. because in a way he felt like that impaired who he was, okay. um, which I really embraced that. And he actually was, you know, super cool, good looking uh, black guy, you know, he, he stood in his own and he really owned his stuttering. Yeah. And it was almost like he lost part of himself by wearing his earpiece to stop stuttering. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I didn't care whether he wore it or didn't wear it because I was patient to hear him speak and was happy to hear what he said, regardless of both. But it was the first time that I really noticed that, that, you know, the world, um, and I started noticing this in other things, like with people who, who are artistic or who have developmental delays. It's like the world would see someone with a disability and feel it necessary to fix them mm -hmm. instead of accommodating to accept them. Yeah. And when I started myself deciding to just accept people as they were, and if they wanted to adapt or change or do things, then great, I would embrace it with them. But mm -hmm. if they didn't, then that was perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. um, then I noticed that my ability to accept people as they were um, really broadened, um, it really made a difference, especially I, I learned that with the deaf community as well. Some people didn't want to hear this. This was their life. This was them. And, and there, there was, and some people would say, oh, it was just because they were afraid. It may not, it may have been that, but for some, it might not have been. It was like, this is my world. This is who I am. This is how I experienced my life. And I'm happy. Yes. Why do I have to do anything? Yes. And these others. what if ha not having sound, because we know that the other senses take over, their ability to touch and sense and connect on the harmony of our hearts is so much bigger than those of us who have hearing because they don't have that. And when we bring sound in, it changes the dynamic of, of our experiences, sometimes for the good. Sometimes not for the good. We experienced that. I experienced that for sure in a scary movie. Like, turn that sound off because that's just making it worse. Like, <laughs> it's also yeah. the understanding, like, I love how I can remember as you were talking, trying to get a word out and talk to my father and him being like, hurry up. Like he was being impatient and he could see me like getting stressed about it. And he took a breath and I took a breath. And then I was able to say what I needed to say. Ultimately, my brain, and it still moves extremely fast. And so sometimes I'm talking really fast because I'm really excited and there's a lot I want to say and all of that. And then other times I can pace it and slow it down and really be deliberate. Ultimately, when someone wants to hear, they will follow your pace. And also when you want to be heard, you can change your pace. And so... I'm of the, uh, like one time, I'm of the mantra, I guess I would say that when people say, slow down, you're talking too fast. Sometimes I'm like, speed up and listen faster. And other times it's like, you're right, like you're going too slow. And other times it's like, you know what, let me slow down and really listen to what someone's saying. And I think if we can be flexible and adaptable in that, not just in our listening, but how we see people, how we expect things to happen in our lives, 
who we expect to be the people to come alongside of us, it changes the dynamic of how we live. It can be in the moment to receive people, the gifts they have for us, how they're packaged from a really different standpoint. Yeah, it's, it's quite beautiful. So in your book here, okay, you have discover, guard, and give. So there's three different components or areas. Let's do a little bit of a breakdown in that. You know, let's um, go through... Um, well, let's talk, you know, we've kind of been already been talking about the internal discovery and, and, and revealing that without specifically talking about those pieces within your book of, of the beginning and how the awesomeness is who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so like in my case, okay, my husband still on a daily basis tells me I'm, it's, I'm too loud and I need to be quiet. And, and it's because he's um, been raised that no one else should hear what you have to say wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And in some circumstances, he is correct. In other ones, no one's paying attention to me mm-hmm. anyways. It's perfectly okay if I'm at, um, let's say we're eating at a restaurant in the bar mm-hmm. area. Between the music and everybody else's conversation, and if I'm talking about nothing that has like that's going to hurt or harm anyone, talking loud is not a problem in my eyes. Mm-hmm. His it's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so I'm, you know, cause I, and for me, because as a child, I was told to shut up. I didn't have anything to say or, you know, and so I have this thing that when I'm told to turn down my volume, that I am being um, told I'm not, I'm too, I'm told I'm too much or I'm not worth being heard. Mm-hmm. And so when my husband says that about volume, I really had to make a great effort that has nothing to do with that, that this is about his sensitivity, that he has great hearing, and he can hear me just fine, and I don't need to speak like I'm speaking to an audience of 400 Mm -hmm. if I'm in the same room with only him, Mm -hmm. you know, so those are, you know, the different pieces, like what I see that you're mentioning, like the being able to temper your own self in your, in your environment. Exactly, exactly, when you're, and when, and when you're in relationship. That example with your husband, you all are in relationship. So his input is something that you would take and do something with it to shift. Sometimes we're in an environment with people that give us that feedback. And that's why I always say a bully, when they come, you know you have a gift. And what you choose to do with the gift that you have, sometimes you take it and you're like, okay, I can take this gift. Other times you're like, you know what? Your feedback doesn't matter. We're not in relationship. Yep. Yeah. So thank you. And thank on. you. <laughs> yeah. So the second part then is guard. You know, the, um, so you talk about some different things. So let's kind of like cap on these just a little bit. So the tarnish effect, I like how you've worded this and described it. So share it with the audience. Yes. Yeah, so the tarnish effect is all about silver, sterling silver specifically, and how it will tarnish depending on the environment that it's in. And our awesomeness is the same way. When we're in an environment that isn't conducive, it's not right, it's not good for us, we will tarnish the awesomeness inside. You'll see it happen and and it's a slow change that happens, just like with the silver. It's out on the table, it's getting air and everyone thinks it's good. Maybe that's happened to you as a listener. You've been good. People are like, oh my gosh, you're good. However, the environment is actually toxic. And so over time, you start to turn a brown, a purple, you got some little specks in you. 
because what's happening is the environment is taking your awesomeness and making you feel bad about it or making you feel like you can't bring it out or perhaps there's something wrong with you. I've had clients come to me and say, I think I'm crazy because I'm the only one that thinks this way or I'm the only one that feels this way. And so then they're, they've been working really hard to try to conform. And all it is is it's a tarnish that has happened because they're actually in the wrong environment. And so when we're able to break them out of that and move them into a new environment, their tarnish is all rubbed off. They are shiny and new and they can go and shine. Mm, very much so. Yeah, I could see that when I worked in um, a college setting where um, I was, you know, told the things that I was teaching my students. They were like, you can't teach that. That is not documented. That is not. Per oh, and by the way, it was uh, teaching my students Second Life and LinkedIn. I, I didn't even know how to do Second Life very well, but I had my um, somebody come in and teach my students so that they could do job interviews online and do college um, interviews online so they could travel without traveling. Now, when I think back now, what I introduced them to of what's being created now because of COVID, <laughs> like they were already taught how to do this. I was teaching them webinars and teleseminars mm -hmm. all the time. And they were like, that's not, those aren't. And I'm like, and I was, don't, don't, you know, minimize. And I was like, oh, this is so limiting. They're keeping my students from hearing about the world. And, and now with like LinkedIn and now I'm, you and I are both part of a, a platform called Be Connected. You know, there's all these new platforms of way that people are connecting. And, and I giggle now when you think of how many billions of people are on LinkedIn. And I was told, oh, you're bringing this thing that's only trending for the couple weeks, you know, and I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the feedback that I got from someone, and we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about one of the awesomeness dealers that's a minimizer, and minimizers are people that get joy out of making you feel small, right. and one minimizer said to me, it must be really frustrating because you're always down the street and around the corner, and everyone else is just getting out of their car, and I was like, thank you, I think, and my eyes kind of shifted back and forth, back and forth. I was like, I'm not really sure what to do with that. And that's what happens, which is why when you aren't sure of your awesomeness, someone can say something and you can feel almost confused and conflicted about it. Like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Which is then why sometimes clients come and they're like, I think I'm crazy because I don't know what to do with this information. And it just swirls in your head. Yeah. And what would happen, right? For you, LinkedIn, you were down the street and around the corner. You were years <laughs> ahead of this. How awesome is that? How amazing is that? That's powerful. Yeah. And that's where awesomeness lives. Yeah, actually, uh, hearing you say that description of being out of the car and down the street when other people are still farting around with putting their keys in their purse. Yeah, I totally embrace that one. That. <laughs> pretty craziness on there. Um, so uh, yeah, that's certainly one. Um, let's talk about the hoarder. Oh, one of my favorites, especially when I'm working with corporate clients, because the hoarder is someone who sees your gift and talent, and they don't want anyone else to have it. And this happens a lot in organizations in the hiring process. There is someone who is extremely talented, they have a desire to go to the next level, and they may work for or with hoarders who want to keep them there. And so they say things like, well, what would we do if you weren't in this role? Or we need you. Are you sure you should apply? Or like, we won't find your replacement. And then they bring like shame and guilt upon 
the other person for wanting to move forward or move on or move up. And that's what a hoarder does. A hoarder knows you've got something and what they've convinced themselves and what they'll convince you is that you have to stay with them because they can't do it without you. And ultimately that keeps you small. When the truth is, is they know that when you step out there, not only will you be great, you'll be fabulous and awesome. I see that a lot because uh, I own a relationship business as well yeah. uh, with couples where uh, one yeah. couple has just moved on and outgrown the other partner and the other partner is um, not interested in growing or developing new ideas, new hobbies, new whatever. It doesn't have to be the same, just getting a different cultural view or a different perspective of life. And so then they don't have anything in common anymore. And it's very difficult for them uh, yeah. because they, they have moved on. And uh, again, uh, you know, and that a person tries to hoard them and hold them back on how important it is that they are there that, Oh, I'm learning all that fancy poo-poo stuff and, yeah. you know, and poo-poo's it uh, quite interesting. So stealers. Ooh, yes, yes. So the stealer, so all of them, so there's, and there's five in the book that I really talk about are, are awesomeness stealers. And these are people who see your gift and talent, your awesomeness, and then they use it against you in some way. They recognize you perhaps before you recognize you, because some of the gifts and talents that we have, we just show up in them. When you're in your creation mode, Andrea, and I've seen you and you are just thinking and going and your mouth is moving really fast because you've got all these ideas and pictures flooding your mind, that's your awesomeness. And you do it so effortlessly that sometimes you, I'm, I would imagine that some people are like, hold on, wait a minute. Or like, you're going too fast when that's exactly it. That's when you're in your creative mode and no one else can do that. And those ideas come to you for a reason. They, they can trust you to actually get out to make something happen in the world, like yeah. the Keep Smiling movement. And sometimes we can downplay that or feel like everybody does that when the truth is, no, they don't. You're the only one that can do that. <laughs> We've been noticing that um, with some friends of mine uh, in my inner circle with the way that we connect with people. We connect at such a high level and, and are reaching out and we, and we text and we give gifts and we uh, talk and we collaborate and we want to, we want to do it. People are like, how about an appointment next week? And we're like, how about you just call me right now <laughs> in between? Like I'm driving, I've got three minutes. Let's, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we should talk next week. And I'm like, now I have a two and a half minutes. Like we can get a lot done. <laughs> yeah, it is, that is funny. Right. <laughs> so let's, um, it, um, anything more you want to say about your whole, that middle segment of being on guard? The, the thing that I want people to know with, they're like, ooh, maybe I have these people is I want you to guard your awesomeness so that you don't downplay it, so that you actually bring it out. The reason that a fence exists on playgrounds for children is because it gives the child an opportunity to expand as far as they can go, understanding that if there was no fence, more often than not, parents would keep them closer because it's like, I don't know the boundary. So when you guard your awesomeness, it's actually how you know you're winning. It's like an epiphany I had around football. If you've ever played American football or watched it, the field goal posts are up there so you know when the score happens. The same is true when you're guarding your awesomeness. 
you put the parameters in place of like, this is my gift, this is my talent. For those of you who can't see, on your right hand, this is your gift, on the left hand, this is your talent. In between that is where you win so that you don't, so that you don't prostitute your gift. And that might sound crazy, but that's the whole thing is that when you don't have those goalposts in place and if you kicked the ball and there was no goalposts, how would you know when you score? Very good. Very point taken. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the give part, you know, all the good causes and people. All the good causes and people. To maximize your awesomeness, it's like having a gift that's never given. Why, why would you have a gift that's never given? If I bought you a gift, Andrea, and it's specific for you, why wouldn't you give it? And in one of the hardest seasons of my life, as, which I reflected on when I was writing this book because I needed to heal my own stuff, this is how this whole section came to be. It's because I was with someone who was deceiving me and a deceiver and a bully, and they said to me that they had bought me custom jigsaw puzzles because they know I love jigsaw puzzles. It's it's what I love. So they had custom jigsaw puzzles made for me. This is what they said. And then they said I wasn't a good friend, so they didn't give them to me. And I thought, well, one, I didn't know you had to earn a gift as a friend, number one. Two, you you had them made or they're custom for me. So who are you going to give them to now? So what good is the gift? Yeah, how many people do you know named Roshana that spells it like I do? You know, like stuff like that. Like, what good is the gift that's never given? And that is true of our awesomeness. What good is it that we have these things that we do that are unique and that are integral to who we are, and we don't give them to the world? And that's what the section is all about. It's how you know that you can pivot, shift, move into different places to give your awesomeness to the world around you so that not only do you expand it, the world, the people that it touches, ultimately it expands you too. And that's what we want to be whole and healed. Yeah, I, I can see that as so valuable with so many people who, uh, you know, want to write a book or want to be a speaker or do things. I'm telling them all the time, you literally, literally, I mean, I am shaming them a little bit, but it's because it's true. They know that they want to do this and they're not doing it because I have to have a website. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. I, I have to have a Facebook page. Yeah, you don't. Um, I have to have a business name. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I meet people all the time who are doing things, coaching, training, doing whatever, who started out with none of those things. You don't have to have them. They're, they're things that you put up in front of yourself as goals that you have to do in order to, you know, and you stop yourself. And I literally, they are preventing other people because people are literally dying to have what they have, whether it's uh, coaching or something for their business. Mm -hmm. And when I mean, literally, I meet people all the time. And because of the nonprofit now, and because, you know, it is funny what you put out there, what, (laughs) what attracts to you is when we decided that the keep smiling movement was about mental health as much as it was dental health and even more so because it's about the smile and what it does for your brain and your neuroplasticity and how you react. Um, Boom, out of the woodwork come people in my personal life and my extended life and people I've never met before calling me suicidal, um, despondent, depressed, anxiety, fear. And it's so much of that out there. 
And it's all because somebody needs to step forward for all of these people because some people need it for income. Some people need a program. They need a service. They need a practice. They need someone to talk to. I, I mean, it's unbelievably interesting what, uh, like, I just talked to somebody who's a tailor. And then I talked to someone who has a disability, so their clothes don't fit them correctly. That person is so depressed because they don't have someone to make custom clothes for them. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here I have this tailor who's not wanting to do things right now because he, it's because of COVID. And I'm like, no, this person needs you because they, you know, it's just, who would have thought that making clothes would save somebody's um, confidence in their, uh, literally their, their life. life. Yeah, their life. And that's when you're giving your awesomeness. For the tailor, they're probably like, well, no one's going to come in, right? Because we tell ourselves these stories or the story exists in the mind as though it's true. When the truth is, is that there is someone waiting for the message, for the service, for the opportunity, the product, whatever it is. I remember when I was, when I came off stage after telling some of these awesomeness dealer stories, and there were women at my table going, I want to buy your book. And I was like, I don't have a book. And so I went home and wrote the book that you have in four months. And I, the only thing I was like, I'm going to write the book. I'll let God do the rest. I have no idea. I spent less than $250 doing the whole thing because I self-published. And I was just like, I'll get it out there. Because you can always write another version or you can always have another edition or you can always go back. I didn't want to do what I had already experienced by not giving my gift. I know what that feels like to have someone say, I have a gift for you, and then not give it. And that's why I'm grateful for all of the awesomeness dealers I've encountered, because they have taught me a lot about who I am and what I can do. Yeah, it is really great when you start reframing um, <laughs> things that you've been crying and being upset about for so long. And um, not that they're still not hurtful. We don't. I, I don't want to... No. not acknowledge that it's okay exactly. to grieve or be sad or disappointed. Mm-hmm. However, the choice to stay there and allow it to empower you um, is a choice. And if it becomes no longer a choice, then you to recognize that you need medical intervention mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you're um, in, and that's one of the stigmas that I've been trying to get people over is that it's okay. We don't, bully the people or talk bad to the people who are diabetic or, um, you know, uh, need heart medication. We're like, well, you don't know how to regulate your heart medic, your, ho- your heart hormones. So you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> you know, we don't do that. We're just like, well, you don't know how to manage your sugar. So I guess, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't say those things. We think, oh, wow. You know, I'm, let me, how can I help you? Can I cook differently for you? Or, you know, we, do we need to eat at a different restaurant? Well, what if we did that for people with their brain chemistry? Oh, I see that you're really, really depressed and upset. Well, what could we do or where could we go? How could we eat? What could we do for an environment to help shift that so that chemically things could be better for you? Absolutely. Kind of my opinion. And we kind of crossed over to your small gifts impact lives. Yes. Small gifts impact lives, which is ultimately sometimes when we look at social media, maybe you're even listening or you're watching and you're like, oh, well, that's a, that's a show. Like, I, I can't do that. You might not be ready yet. However, when you step out of your porch or you step out of your car, wherever you are, you are the show because you're showing up. And that's how you give your awesomeness. It's in the small things. It's in the, if you're at line, in, in the line and drive-thru and you're getting coffee, 
if you have an extra dollar and a half, two, five, would you buy the person behind you a cup of coffee so that they know someone thought of them? Would you go and write a handwritten note to someone and just let them know, I see you doing your thing, keep going? Would you go ahead and give someone a necklace that they compliment you on? Like I did at a family reunion one time, someone was like, oh my gosh, I love your necklace. And I was like, well, you can have it. To go, no one's ever giving me anything. It's like, well, today, someone's giving you something. Would you do that? Um, I had somebody do that. I, I said something about her elephant earrings and she gave them to me and they were actually from like, I don't remember the whole backstory, but they were like a huge big deal in their family and, and the connection of how they received. And she said she gave them to me because she saw me as a force of life and how, how like um, their, their, their memory and their dedication to family and how they lead a herd of people. And she just saw me as this person going across the savanna, like incorporating life and leading people. And I, and I told her, I said, my ears aren't even pierced. She said, I don't care. I'm giving them to you. And I'm like, okay, I'll receive them. Awesome. See, and that person saw you in a way that maybe you haven't seen you or articulated to you who you are in a way that you don't yet see yourself or haven't ever seen yourself. That's awesomeness. That's what it looks like. And it's when the world is showing you, telling you who you are. The question is, is do you believe it? Sometimes we are so quick to believe the negative when if we reframe the negative, it's a positive. And when the positive comes, embrace it. You rock. You're awesome. You're amazing. Be a giver of awesomeness. Absolutely love that. So let's give you an opportunity to give a gift to someone else here publicly. Ooh, would love to. Okay. Yes. So for any, actually, can I give two gifts? You may. Okay. So for anyone that would like to understand the seven secrets to awesomeness living, I want you to go to awesomeness-living.com and you can download an ebook where I have videos and you get the actual printed list of all of the things in the wording so that you can walk through and self-pace on what are the things that I need to start my awesomeness living? And it starts with the foundation. That's the first secret, setting a foundation. Just like you would a house, you want to make sure that the concrete, the foundation is strong before you build the walls. So I have that gift for everyone, and that's, at, that's awesomeness-living.com. And then for anyone that gets that download, I'm going to put your name into a hat, and I will a raffle, essentially, and I will be picking two people that have a free coaching session with me, and that is valued at over $250. So that, those are the two gifts I have today. By the way, I'm going to give Roshana a gift and say, if somebody's coaching or consulting with Roshana, she's giving you more like a $2,500 gift. She under uh, undercharges for her value of what she does. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, when we look at things like, you know, uh, like Roshana, okay, Roshana, in 15 minutes, look at the things that we come up with. Like just, just when she's with me and I'm like brainstorming for her, in 15 minutes, we've got so much content and so much ideas that are being implemented and put in like crazy. Roshana has that same gift, and she is taking too many zeros off of that uh, 250. Um, so it is really, really a, a gift um, that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's, those are great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
absolutely. And um, and because you have the opportunity, who is someone that you'd like to give like a shout out gift to? Like somebody that you would love to publicly say something to or about or something. Um, you haven't given that opportunity. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I am going to actually shout out Cassidy Saunders who is a client who just finished her full package with me. And she, in eight weeks, has built her coaching business, is making money, is transforming lives after she spent time on the sidelines. And for anyone that knows about sitting on the sidelines, it can be a lonely place. And she took the step, took the leap of faith to invest in herself and has made back her investment and is now helping others. She has clients, she has a group because she did the work. And so I wanna shout out Cassidy because she has a vision of transforming lives and she's doing it every day. So she's a prime example of being a giver of awesomeness. That's fantastic. Thank you. For you know, that. And when we have that opportunity to share that, that's, I mean, one of the things that I've been really letting people know during COVID is that, you know, when we give somebody else that hand up, so she's already doing it, she's doing great. And by giving that shout out to her that allows her to know that she's been publicly acknowledged that she's ready to step into her own publicity and to be seen and to be heard because she has people who are waiting for her message and obviously so because she's already started her program and yeah. so what a great opportunity for the world to be introduced to who she is and for us all to know that because there are amazing people and when we coach amazing people we want the world to know them. Um, definitely, I'm not a hoarder with any of you. I want you guys to be seen and to be heard and, and, and um, uh, you know, and be showcased just because I, I just, um, it's so funny. I actually um, have a, a newer client and, um, and I threw her off because I talked to her as a peer and it threw her and she's like, like awkward or whatever. And I'm like, I said, oh, well, then I may or may not be the right coach for you because I truly love my clients, mm -hmm. want to know who they are, want to know about their lives and want to be able to know that I'm going to be in their life when, you know, so I'm helping them build, helping them build. And if ever we come to the surpass where they've matched or whatever that then we're peers or we're already peers. It, I have, and, and, it, and it comes from, I had a coach, um, I, I paid him $18,000 a year to be my coach. And when um, we, we reached the level where there was no more growth for me in there, he no longer was my peer or my friend. And that crushed me because it almost made me feel like the past years, like it, like, was that a facade? Was that not real? Was that, because in, in full integrity, how could you not want to love and know and be empowered by knowing that person, collaborating with them, working with them yeah. after that long of a relationship? And so, and the funny thing is, as at that point, we probably should have merged where we were collaborating and joint venturing, where we both were bringing in income. And that would have been the ultimate cream of level of relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I learned different things. So that's why I started working with joint ventures and looking at how to do other things. Um, you know, Gina, uh, my beautiful co-host, I mean, she's all about joint venture and collaboration. And it's, from that excellence of being able to see that next level 
um, where people can do things together to achieve more is how she excels her whole business and her whole life. And so, you know, that's, that's a whole another world all on its own. It would just cracks me up. All right. So what, what next for you? What, what do you, what haven't you, uh, what haven't you dared to voice that desire yet that you want to see happening in the future? Well, let's see. So, I mean, it's kind of on the way. It's actually a surprise for you. So I can tell everybody now. Sure. This is like the first time public besides like my parents, a couple of close friends. So I'm going to be starting an online radio show. I've been picked. I got one of five spots. And so that's going to be a way to continue to get the voice out there and to have people come talk to me, showcase, and do just like this radio show, be able to expand people's reach um, in supporting small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who can't get on radio stations. It's affiliated with iHeartRadio. I will be sharing more, but... That's what I'm super excited about is being well, able to I'm so that. glad to hear that because that has been on my list for you myself is oh. to encourage you so that your voice is heard even more. I think you'd be great for radio. I'm so glad that you're doing that. I couldn't be happier for you. Um, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. Anything you need to support for that, absolutely willing to do that because yeah. uh, radio is a beautiful way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, sure. Yeah. There, there's so much that, um, so much, so much to be done. I mean, I, I, yeah, we'll talk about it later, but there is, well, so later. Much to I mean, like literally I do so much radio now that like, I literally am not doing everything with what we have available to us with it because I'm on it so much that I'm like on it so much that I kept getting the rest of it done. Um, and, and I even have people in play to do it for me and there's not enough of them. So it's just crazy, you know, what, what the world opens when you have these opportunities presented in front of you. So it's great. And you take that. Yes. Thank you. So I will, if I may, I'll leave everyone with this the, the way that all of the things have happened is we think about our life. There's an there's a option that comes and it's a choice to put your name in it, to step out there and do it. And that's what being a giver of awesomeness is all about. It's taking that one chance or that opportunity that's in front of you and going, absolutely, I want my name in it. So that, that's all about being a giver of awesomeness. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Take a chance on me. Yes. Hey, Gina, will you take us out? I will. Ursana, thank you so much for joining us us today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe next time, Andrea, let me get a word in that twice. Anyway, thank you again. And we will be back same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.